0: Everyone, welcome back to What's Crack and the podcast of. <laughs>
1: what was that? I just accidentally hit the mic.
0: <laughs> I don't think that you have to worry about that. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, hey everybody, welcome back to What's Crack um, with me and Dakota. Um, and Dakota, what's um, this week's episode going to be about?
1: Um, education and school.
0: School. I'm just so happy the kids are back in school. Like I. One kids to have so much fun and i can still empathize for when i was that age and school holidays were the best thing ever and i never had to worry about it but as an adult i'm now all empathizing on the other side that we need our time we yeah. need our time without you guys on the streets because whenever i'm going down somewhere and there's a group of kids of like 10 i turn to that like tina fay character where it's like <sighs> youths. Like, <laughs> yeah. and I just want to run away. But it's I, like,
1: like, I, f- I feel like I've always been terrified of, like, people <laughs> younger than me, but I think because now they're, like, a foot taller than me, oh, yeah. it's even more terrifying. And kids are
0: just so much more confident now. Like, when I was a kid their age, I would never speak oh, to definitely. like me how, like, I would never speak to me how they do. Like, I would never imagine no. it. Never imagine like, it. Like, I'll be and, like, going
1: past on the bus and I'll be having kids flipping me off and I'm like... <laughs> What the hell did your parents teach your minors what the
0: hell and it's like i'm glad that you have that newfound confidence like bravo i wish that our generation had that because we just kind of stooped under however a i have plus. feelings <laughs>
1: i'm a very sensitive person yeah
0: and um more specifically what i got we're gonna talk about um school subjects yeah and what we took in school because i feel like it's coming around that time when kids are gonna have to start picking their options for school and um um and um
1: because <laughs> i think it's quite relevant to last to- uh the last topic that we had on the podcast which was um sort of resolutions changes and decisions yeah um, totally forming good habits i think that's hard to do when you're at school because obviously there's so much stress and you've got a lot to think about but yeah like you are basically having to decide what subjects are gonna form your pathways in career which is really intimidating
0: (laughs) that's something that schools us to a t it kind of makes you make these massive life decisions like right here right now you don't have the time to do this because the teachers don't have the time either in your heads of year and all of this you need to put your plan in place now because we need to launch you in that direction out of like a cannon almost um and yeah so i feel like (laughs) sweeping up with the new year's um with new year's resolution talk it's kind of it's gonna seem fast it's gonna keep calm just don't let stress you out and just do do what you want like this is my advice for me and i'll probably recap this at the end but picking your subjects do what you want
1: yeah and don't think too harshly on it either like it's not the be-all and end-all. And sometimes there might not even be a subject that is available that you feel like you would excel in. Um, at the end of the day, it's just decisions, and throughout life you'll make plenty of decisions. Some of them are meaningless. Some of them, you know, will change down the line. It's not, like, the be-all and end-all. You don't have to get all, like, kooked up on this one idea that, oh, my God, if I don't do this, then my life's in ruin. It's not that dramatic.
0: It really isn't, and... um, you'll know from my story of what we're going to go through is that it's really not all relevant so um school subjects Dakota what did you do what did you pick GCSE let's go
1: well you've got your core subjects yeah. maths English science and RE
0: maths English science RE English IT. Is
1: choose- oh no IT I had to choose at school
0: you chose yeah. IT
1: and and just a little disclaimer, because this frustrates me a little bit. I chose to do IT, which at that time, um, the qualification you got from it was... Um, oh, what was it, like OCR Nationals? yeah, yeah. Something like that. It doesn't even exist anymore. It does not mean anything. So I spent two years using one of my very few choices... To do IT as a subject, it means nothing. I've now then had to go and get more IT qualifications that are actually recognised as a qualification. That's... What a waste of two years, I know. It's sick. I know!
0: (laughs) That is sick. Like, I didn't choose IT. We did IT as a core subject in GCSE, and it was the OCR national thing. Um, However, I think that there were some kids that did pick an IT GCSE, and it just extended the amount of qualification they had in the field. Um, I think I went to, like,
1: a really sort of like budget school we, we didn't have a lot of like subjects um they were we, all very basic
0: well i'm not going to say that because when you come around to my subjects obviously we never got <laughs> that basic but um yeah so we did R E I T as core subjects you had to do the GCSE and then basically some people had to do citizenship as GCSE yeah I
1: think that was a choice if if you were like sort of like a high grade earner in RE you were asked if you wanted to do that but you couldn't choose to if you were not good at it (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was quite funny but
0: well our uh, to choose your options in my school it was um, whichever pathway you were on so the high earners (laughs) me uh, um, the high earners were put on option one, um the option track one which meant you had a fast track and a sprint option so your fast track and your sprint options meant that you did a GCSE in a year so fast track was your year 10 one and whatever you chose to fast track you would have five lessons a week and you'd finish the GCSE in a year and I picked history because I would loved history loved it so much and I was like I hope to do 5 lessons of this a week yeah
1: like <laughs> I was terrible at history Oh I
0: loved it and um and then your sprint was your year 11 one I don't know why they they couldn't just call it Year 11 Fast Track, but yeah, it was called Sprint. And I did five lessons a week of French because when it was coming around to me picking my subject, I was like, what'll make me stand out? Like, what if I put on my CV or go wherever I'm going to go and it says that I've got like a C in French and it's like, that'll make me different.
1: that's, so by the sounds of things, you inadvertently did the English baccalaureate? Is that what they called it?
0: I, d- I don't know. I've never heard of this. You did try. You did um, tell me about this. Off. So off it
1: was if if you chose to do a language and and or history or geography, one of those two, and a language, you then got to pick um, two subjects instead of just the three, um, which was called the English baccalaureate. I don't know what that means because oh, right. I I was not clever enough to do that. But I know a couple of my friends did that, and it was supposed to be like really like highly thought of in like the uni world or whatever
0: but wow I wish yeah. I knew this when I, <laughs> when I was applying for university I really got into university off just my personality <laughs> um no I'm um, you could pick different options for that sprint I just thought oh let me pick French because <laughs> je ne sais quoi um yeah and with my option and my other two options which you had two lessons a week of in year 10 and three lessons a week of in year 11 I believe I don't know don't fact check me I'm old um I picked um, food technology because I loved it I just I don't know why I th- I never I never saw it as a dot around lesson I never saw it as a lesson not to learn something but I liked the hands-on practical things I liked baking things I did and I liked eating food Um, my next subject was (laughs) the next subject that I took, which shows that my school wasn't basic at all. They introduced it the year that I was taking it, and they stopped doing it after the year after me did it. Okay, it 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 clearly didn't
1: work well then. No, no, no,
0: and it was the subject of economics. Now, what you're saying to me is. Is it a glorified business studies? Yeah, it is. It really does single out that um, main field of it. Which is a good thing. If that's, I'm not saying that these subjects aren't good things. Because there's some kids who are going to go to university and they're going to do economics. Which will be a hard course if you don't understand how niche it is from the start. Um, However, I just... <laughs> it was... So hard to a point when it, yeah and it's the lesson that will come out of this when your heart's not in it. Yeah. You'll just waste your time too it.
1: I think that's with any course though. 100%. Um you you don't really tend to excel in subjects that you're not all in with, with the heart. Like it if you don't love the subject, you don't tend to put in as much effort as you would if you did love the subject. But I feel like if we had those kind of options at my school, like that would be something that I would have took because I think the, like economics is like it's it's really helping you define like what kind of career move you wanting to make. Like at my school it was just basically like the essential subjects and we didn't do like fast track or anything like that. It was literally like you just had to do everything for two years and right. hope you came out alive. But um, because your subjects are very opposing to the ones that I chose. I chose like all creative subjects. I did art, textiles, and IT.
0: Love it. We never had a textiles GCSE. Okay.
1: Um, I. Did you have wood tech?
0: Yes. Yes. Um. What have it been called? Maybe it was called like CAD computer aided design. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe. So-
1: because my school was called the Science College. What was yours? That would maybe...
0: Mine was a Mathematics and IT College, I That's believe. maybe
1: why you had the subjects that you had available.
0: Maybe. I, be- I believe that we did have a product design-ish GCSE level because you had your day level and some of the things definitely stretched upwards. Um. So what subjects did you do? What was your full repertoire of your GCSE um, subjects?
1: Art, IT, and textiles.
0: So those are the ones that you picked. Yeah. Um, out of all the ones that you did, including the core subjects that you did, which ones did you enjoy the most?
1: Ah, uh, See, so this is like a double-edged sword. Because <laughs> I really enjoyed all of them, but um, I didn't in- excel in all of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I picked those subjects because I was never very academic and I was always very like creative and artistic. And for me, it was kind of like, well, I'd rather get a GCSE in something than failing a GCSE for trying to do something academic. Um, So I didn't even think about taking, like, French or um, history because there were subjects I just did really terribly in. And so I decided art because it, it was something that I was, like, really enjoying. And I thought, oh, well, in a way, it's something that I can just kind of, like, hang about in until I like leave school and decide what I really want to do and textiles Well, I was always really interested in like not like fashion but like personal style and like materials fabrics I was really obsessed with like Vivian Westwood at the time and her whole like punk movement she did um so it was kind of a no-brainer for me but I know that teachers were like oh you know maybe you should do like more academic subjects I was like well I won't come out with any passes so yeah be kind of a waste of both our time (laughs) But um, in the end, so I was predicted to get, I think it was a C in art. I ended up coming out with a B um, and predicted an A in textiles, but came out with a D. And this was because I didn't get on with my teacher and my coursework went missing suspiciously. And so I lost a whole chunk of grades and I'm still bitter about it now.
0: (laughs) I don't blame you. When you pick these subjects, um, what was... What was going through your mind when you picked them?
1: I honestly really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I still don't now. So there was no pressure of like, I need to do these subjects because I want to do that. It was more a case of, I'm just going to do these because I enjoy them and I know I'll pass in them. (laughs) Did. (laughs) Um, So I was just like, these are easy options for me to take and I'll find out what I want to do in college. Like there's really no rush. And I would still say that now, like to anyone who is picking their choices now, I would say, do not think it's a be all and end all. Don't think that these are gonna define your life. It does make it a bit easier when you pick options that are gonna do de- like sort of decide what you're gonna do for your career, but there is always college, there's always university and there's always online learning.
0: yeah so
1: with your subjects, did you kind of get the predicted grades that you thought, and do you feel like you would still pick them now?
0: Um, I don't think that I got the predicted grades that they said that I was going to get. Um, because the main thing behind that was, yeah, um, a lot of the courses that you do is you have, like, coursework subjects. Yeah. And normally when you do a coursework subject, it was, um, it balances out to be 60, 40, 60% of it is based on your coursework, 40% of it's based on, like, an exam. And I was a very naughty kid and I wasn't that invested enough to do revision, let's say. like There was kids in my school and kids who were in my year who went home every night and revised and I saw their notes and I was like i was going home and i was leaving school at the door i was like i go there for six hours a day my knowledge is going to be tested on what i do in there didn't fail exams don't get me wrong i was getting like C's and b's um but in coursework when i really did have a lot of help and a lot of time i was getting like A's and stuff and yeah. my food tech was one that um i got an A in the coursework even though it went Missing by the end of it, but me and my teacher like freaked out and were like, oh, so we had to rewrite most of it. Um, and then in the exam, I believe I got a C, like a high C, and it evened out to be a B grade, yeah. And so, if they're going to predict you an A out of the coursework and you go one below, it's um. Because I don't think we did a practice... No, we did do a mock paper in food tech, actually. I quite, I quite liked the food tech exam. The food tech exam that um, I took, which I did, was... Um, you had to design a biscuit.
1: Oh, really? Yes, yeah,
0: so you had to go in there and you had to design a biscuit for a kid. That was, like, your audience and so. Um, you had to design two, in fact. And my biscuits were... There was a traffic light biscuit... Because it was, oh, fun colours. They, like, see this every day. And there's a red, there's a... The red incorporated thing was something like a jam of some sort or, like, a cherry. And it had to be healthy and you had to explain. And um, what the orange thing was made out of. And I was like, it could be lemon curd, it could be marmalade, it could be just anything along the lines. And then what green would have been made of. I think I was stretching it green. Because I was like, what's sweet and what's green? I don't really know. Um... And then my second biscuit, it was it was using the game Animal Crossing, and oh, it was wow. the logo leaf. It was like kids will know what this is because it's a kids game. It's a green leaf. It's a healthy biscuit. It's going to be. I think I said that was going to be a savoury biscuit. I don't know how, but yeah, I really liked my food tech exam. Um, other predicted grades, some of them fell under the radar. Um, economics being one of them. So, basically, my my grades, I got four Bs, seven Cs, two Ds, and an E. I believe all my GCSE grades were. Any employers out there, this is my CV right now. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, my B grades were in Food Tech, History, RE. Oh, there's another one. Can't remember. And then past all my core subjects. Um wasn't I get D's in? I think I got a D in French. Because I was really good at reading French. In the reading exam I got an A. Oh wow. Yeah, I know. voulez vous coucher avec moi, whatever. Um but when it came to speaking French, even though I've just done it meticulously there, I wasn't that good and writing. Was that, that maybe good. a
1: confidence thing then?
0: Maybe, but maybe it's also me just not really putting the effort in. Like, it, it really, life is about effort. What you put in, you get out. <laughs> yeah. You really do. Um, some things you'll just be naturally talented at, like reading French.
1: <laughs> I remember a lot of kids that I was friends with, they really struggled with the French exams because it was, like, so hardcore. Like, you've got to memorise, like, this whole, like, two... Page essay yeah, that like, you've wrote and it's, French, it was
0: mental. Yeah, French is one of the most examined subjects, should I say? Like you have speaking, you have listening, you have reading, you have writing. You're examined on four parts That's of French. Intense. So they're broken down into like one's 20, one's 30, one's 40, one's yeah. another one's 20. Um you're examined on all parts of it, and you're reading and your listening, when I was doing it were exams. So you sat in a room and they pressed play on the listening one. You had to say what they said and stuff. And I was okay on that one. I think I'm going to see on listening. And I'm reading I go, yeah, couldn't believe it. And my um, writing and speaking, which was done in front of the teacher in a controlled assessment, um, I didn't do that gaunt. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I don't know, I I really... The teacher was perfect teacher for it all and she's really up there and one of the teachers that I rec- respect and to come out who definitely put me on a line um it was just I just I, I, su- I
1: suppose I guess the stakes are kind of high because you've in a way kind of been learning the subject for five years and I guess like the sort of grade boundaries are to sort of like represent like well you should be this good after five years of lessons yeah um, so maybe that's why it's so difficult.
0: I think I also sprinted French, so I don't think French was something that I should have sprinted. I yeah. don't think that you should have five lessons of French a week for a year, because it's some of sometimes you're going to come into a room and you're going to be like, I don't want to learn another language because you're starting off from bare principles with yeah. like French. It's a, sometimes you just start from the bottom up, whereas if you take something like history, you've had. Right, Year 7 to Year 9, interest in it, whereas French came out of the blue. Um, but, no, I'm not disappointed with my grades. And I'm not disappointed in what I chose. That's However, good. would I choose them again? Probably not economics.
1: Yeah. Pro- I think, I, I don't regret mine because I know that I didn't have, sort of, the capacity to do anything else. So that that was kind of my options back then. So I could quite easily sit in here and be like, oh, you know, if I went back, I'd choose this, this and this because I feel like they would have been good subjects to pick, but they weren't me. And I know that I wouldn't have excelled in them. And also at school, it is so intense having to learn like 10 different subjects all at once. So to even narrow down to three or four to choose to do GCSEs in is insane because it's like trying to pick your favourite food, sometimes you like it, and sometimes you don't want to eat it, but you, sometimes it's just then you got to eat it. Yeah,
0: sometimes you just got to eat what's given to yeah. you. Yeah,
1: like when you were saying, sometimes you don't really feel motivated to do the learning, but you know that it's kind of necessary to get to the finishing point of getting the grade
0: yeah sometimes drink sometimes teachers were dragging me on my hands and knees through some of the courses one of my IT teachers did definitely like some of my coursework was overdue and by the end of it she was over my shoulder telling me exactly what I need to do or I'm going to fail
1: yeah and I guess that's probably really um sort of in you know, a discourage them for you but also like it must be really stressful for the teachers because they've not just got a class of 30 sometimes they have like three classes of 30 because oh. there's like so many in a year group and totally. so it's like they're probably getting it in the neck to like get you to get all your coursework through because it's obviously gonna hurt the statistics of the school but also they're just like they just want you to come out of it you've spent five years oh yeah cultivating yeah. these 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 um learnings and they want you to come out at the end with something so it doesn't all feel kind of like a waste.
0: Yeah, hindsight's totally 2020 on this subject. Like going to university and wanting to be a teacher when I was thinking what I will have to put up with. As a kid I never realized my grades meant as much to them yeah. as they did to me because my grades are a reflection of how they've taught. Like, that's how it's being seen. Like, if a kid fails these days, a lot of people question, well, what was the teacher like? Yeah. But in some scenarios, it was, well, I've got to say, I'll put my hands up, sometimes I didn't care. So these teachers can't have the blunt end of it all the time. Because I walked into some lessons and I was, like, flip my book. And, like, yeah. I don't care. Like, I don't want to learn something today. And so, yeah, being a teacher is super stressful I would appreciate. Um yeah, so with teachers having this such a hard time of trying to get kids to listen, one thing that I would tell kids is if if you go into a class and you're not motivated I can empathise with you. There's parts... You're going to have that throughout all of life. Like, there's times when I see my parents not being motivated. There's times where I've seen teachers not being motivated. There's times where I've seen grandparents not being motivated. This is a lifelong thing. However, when it comes to school, just just put in the bare minimum. At least have the respect to just sit there and take in what the teacher's going to tell you.
1: I think... And that, that kind of goes hand in hand with what I was going to say. I really detested maths. I couldn't get my head around it. I really struggled with it. And it got to a point where I just started being like, oh, well, I'm bad at it. So I just stopped putting the effort in and then it made it even more difficult. It took until I left school and went to college and I to get on the college course that I wanted to do, I had to pass my maths. So I left school, didn't get a... I got a D in maths. I had to get a C. Um... And so, part of my college course, they were like, you need to do your maths for you to pass this course. Um, and it's sort of like a conditional offer to do the course I wanted to do. So, I think I must have sat the exam three times after school. So, however many times I did it at school, I did like two or three research, probably did it all in all nine times before I passed, and it carried weight on me. It, like... I would, I'd love to say, you know, you can, you can go and pass whatever grades you didn't pass at school, whenever, wherever, but it is 10 times more difficult. If you can get them at school, great. If not, don't stress. There is options, but you, it's then on your shoulders, you've really got to put in the effort now. Like, you've had your chances. It's really up to you to like, really like put it out there. And eventually I did, but it really... I I always had this anxiety of just like having to reset the exam because I just had such a bad experience with it that I just like I just didn't want to do it I would like go out of my way to like put obstacles in front of me so that I couldn't do it like you're not supposed to write on the exam I wrote all over the exam I was like I don't want to do this anymore like I don't see why this is important like I was writing like little notes for the invigilator on the exam because I was like anything for them to stop me from having to be put through this exam again. I just couldn't do it. I've always had like stage fright when it comes to exams. And I think if someone was just to have a conversation with me, I'd excel at it. But mm-hmm. exams, so much pressure and stuff. But you can, it can be done. You can go out. And I did get my C in the end. But, man, I just wish I got it at school because it would have been so much easier and it really did get me down for a long time.
0: Same thing happened to me with my English <clears throat> I was I did English language and English literature and I passed my English literature straight away because when it comes to analysing something or having an interpretation on a certain part of something, I excel. I can talk for days, I can be like All of this, 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 this is what the author meant, this all this, and I just bombard the invigilator with you. Yeah. I bombard I feel- them with so much they can't be like
1: yeah as long as you've got like a reason for something like you could literally be like oh she wore red because it's the color of lust and like they'll be like oh yeah and they'll eat it up because like as long as you've got an explanation for it they're like oh yeah she knows what she's talking about
0: the invigilators and the markers want to give you the mark yeah this is something that i feel like kids will um get like i was listening to a podcast one time um and this woman said, uh, it was Leah Remini, and she um, was talking to two people. And she said, when actors go into like audition rooms, and if they're being tested, there's nothing more than the person on the other side wants to say then you've passed. Yeah. They want to Because they don't you. have to
1: sit for another no, load of No, they
0: don't have to do it. Auditions. Like, if you pass the audition and you give them what they want, they're like, our job's done, we yeah. get to go home. Like, people want you to pass. This happens with your teachers. This is whoever's marking your paper. This is with the invigilators who are walking around the room keeping you in silence. All these people... None of these people want you to fail. But... You also need to channel that and you need to keep high hopes because i was the exact same as you with my english with my english language which tells you to write something in a certain way with certain skills sometimes i would just float fall, fall behind and i was trying to pump out so much information which i would do in english literature and my teacher was like you don't get it you don't do that in english language yeah. you give them what they want not everything you would give them the niche because it's getting lost dean i would waffle <laughs> all over the paper and if my teacher ever listens to this she'd be like yeah he did like yeah. <laughs> she'd write him being like well at least you learned now because i did it at uni as well in my first year like she was like it's there and you can tell me where it is and I can see where you've put it, but a marker doesn't. A marker isn't going to try and find it. Yeah. You're gonna have to put it down in plain and simple notions. And um in the last exam, I think one of the um one of the um tidbits that I give for kids going to an exam is all you can do is your best. Yeah. It's all you can do. If you go in there and you give it your best shot and I'm talking about even if you know nothing, you wildly guess or you sit there and think for five minutes of what it could be and put it down and you can walk out of the exam and you said I gave it my best effort that's all the world can ask of you and that's what I did in all of mine and I especially did it in my last one and then I did pass my last one and me and my teacher had a little bit of like a oh, that was so good <laughs> um we ended up hugging because it was a trial and tribulation from her like i'm not an easy student <laughs> by the least means um but yeah and so i actually ended up past mine i never had to bring it on the outside however i'm more interested on your story because um it might take it into um picking stuff up further in life yeah because i would like to tell kids now whatever you pick now it isn't like it's set in stone as far as the school yeah however in life it's not because my gcse options have not swayed my career wombie.
1: oh definitely mine neither i am not in the creative industry that i would hope to be in um
0: like, yeah. my GCSE has never led me to do this podcast.
1: Well, maybe you're English.
0: Actually, probably, yeah. yeah. That re- sh- my teacher really set this stone in motion, actually. <laughs> she made me find a way where waffling comes in handy. <laughs> it's just just word jumble.
1: So, have, so you talked about you went to uni to do history.
0: I did go to university to do history. And in the meantime, before that, I went to A-levels. And I picked history, product design, and business studies. Which is kind
1: of similar to what you chose at GCSE.
0: Oh, I wouldn't say so. Probably, uh, business studies maybe to economics, but yeah. product design was out of the blue. Where, food technology is nothing on product design. Yeah. You have to create a brief for something, maybe. But it was such a jump. But also, I want to underline this, and my teacher was telling me this, and I was batting it off the jump from gcse to a level is horrendous it's it's mind boggling how you can be expected to put so much more effort into something after doing it. GCSEs just seem like basics after you're sitting in an A-level. I'll tell you how much of a jump it is, because the jump from A-level to university seems like a back step in some sense. Oh, really? When I was doing history in uni, I was having the time of my life and never felt anything at all, never felt any more pressure. But that's because A-levels instilled into me all the pressure that I needed.
1: That's quite interesting, actually. I've, I, have, I didn't do A-levels because I didn't get the grades, and also there wasn't really anything in my um, choices that would have really led me on to A-levels. But from the friends that I had that did go and do A-levels, a lot of them said that the whole point of A-levels is to aim higher than university, so that you're actually working harder than you would be at university to get into university, to prove that you're worthy to kind of go to university.
0: That makes sense to me.
1: Which is insane, because you'd think that it would just kind of be like, are you going up the steps in like yeah. a sort of, um, you know on the way up in in a a certain fashion, but instead it's just like, like you said, you're going up one and then coming back down two. It doesn't make sense. But I guess guess if someone really excels at A-levels, they can kind of guess that they're going to excel at university and see it worthwhile.
0: 100%. All the people who I went to A-levels with who um, got awesome results, went to really good universities and have graduated with really good honours... Um, I graduated with my honors and I'm pretty proud of it and but it hasn't led me into the degree that I've got to do but not
1: yet not yet because you are only 23
0: true and I've got i don't know what I maybe want to do with my degree yet it's just on the wall right now just it's just pretty to look at right now um but yeah I don't it you do have this glorified notion of whatever I'm going to pick now needs to be correct because I'm going to be going into the future with this and this is going to have to apply for this. And it's not really because when I was going to university as well, the amount of mature students that had came back to school and came back to university to go to do something that they really wanted to do after being stuck in whatever if it was admin positions or one woman was a like nurse and she came back to uni and she did history because that's what she wanted to do you'll come to these points in your life where what you want to do you'll strive for because you realize that's what life is about it's what you want out of it
1: you don't have to do everything in the same order everyone else is doing it in no and i think this. Because from what I heard, people who did A levels, it was, like, very, like, what uni are you going to? Like, yes. what are you want to do at uni. It was all about, like, the step to uni. It yeah. wasn't anything else. Um And I think that's a, an important, important point to make. Like, if you don't feel like university is right for you now, you don't need to go right now. You might turn around in 20 years' time and be like, you know what, I've decided exactly what I want to do, and I'm going to go and do it now. Like, there's no rush to do anything like everyone works at their own pace it's totally fine
0: just say it louder for the people in back because (laughs) honestly this is the most wisest thing ever because do you know who does the best at uni
1: the older students students. because they want to be there But yeah
0: if you want to be there you put the effort in because that's what you want to do you've came to the realization that that's what you gotta do and you do the best in it like i did want to do history i'll hold my hands up it's the subject that i always liked and i would have went to uni to do it anyway so i never found a burden of doing it academically because i did find it interesting however if i maybe did it at 25 or 27 when i'd gave myself a little bit of break from education for a little bit saved up a little bit had dipped my toe in the pool of that big wide world maybe I would have done better I did get yeah. a 2-1 and whatever happened to me at uni happened appendix burst and everything but if I really wanted it I probably would have got the first Definitely. and all these mature students who get in really high two-ones, if not first one mature student who I went with who she was in her 50s I'd say her name was Christine she was the loveliest human being I've met in my life um, and she got a first she, her dissertation was fail-proof this woman did a subject that nobody's ever spoken about she writ it in such a meticulous form she binded it perfectly she had the best like speaking and voice and she could speak about her subject for days and years and I wouldn't get bored even though it's not technically the subject I'm interested in but it just shows she did what she wanted to do. She took the time and did it, and she did it yesterday. Yeah. And I'm like, all of us. That's why I'm always. I always think about Christine, and I think about taking a leaf out of her book, and if this is what I want to do, I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability because Christine did it. So yeah, and so I don't think that you should be that worried about your options right now because they're not necessarily all going to follow you to yeah. the end.
1: I think it, there's so much pressure on deciding what you want to do for the rest of your life. And you ask anyone, there's not many people you'll find who are like, yeah, I'm going to go and do this and this and this and that's like exactly where I want to be. For me, I still don't know where I want to be. I'm just kind of dipping my toe in little pools of water to see like what takes my fancy. But I know in my head that... There's a part of me that would like to do therapy or counselling for, you know, people who have been in similar situations to me. But I know that that's only my path when I'm in my 40s. Like, I know in my head that's where I want to be in my 40s. I don't know where I want to be between now and here. But I know that that's my game plan for the long run. So for me, maybe I'll go off to uni when I'm, like, 35 because at least then I'll have... Lived a bit, you know. Done some other like, um, sort of like learnings on my own back to get to that point where I'm like, you know what, I really want to settle down and do the subject that I really, really am interested in because I I know that in that time of my life I'll be ready to go full throttle and give it my all. I in the meantime though, I like I didn't go to to do A levels. I went to college. I did art and I did health and social care, and I guess that kind of did give me sort of like a comfort blanket of things that were like comfortable to do and not like I didn't have to push myself it kind of gave me like two years to just kind of like find out kind of where I wanted to be and so when I left college I went and did a couple of jobs and I also did some like online learning from like courses that I paid for myself um, just like little bits here and there, like business, um, counselling and psychotherapy, um, diet and nutrition, um, personal training, and these are just like little read up, like read up in your own time courses with a little exam at the end. Totally chill, and you've got like I guess like most of them have got like a year to do it. So it's it's literally just learn at your own pace, and it's brilliant because I'm now taking. I'm doing courses that I'm really interested in. I'm taking the information in and I'm like using it in my own life and like helping other people out so I can like give advice and stuff. And it's something that I wish that I knew of when I was at school. Although I think most of them have age restrictions of 18 plus, but I think it's something that no one really talks about. It's just kind of, you only really do your learning at school and college and university the options are limited like you like endless like you you can think of any course and you'll find an online course for it and I think that's that's great because you never stop learning and the options are always out there for the things that you want to do um but it's just not spoken about enough and anyone that I find that's just kind of like stuck in the way of like oh I want to do this but I don't know it's like do an online course and they're so cheap they've always got like discounts on them and stuff and I I really enjoy knowing that I've now, like, got courses of things I'm really interested in and also things to put on my CV that will help me in the ways of getting to where I eventually want to be, but not having to make massive steps of, oh, go and do a university course. It's just a diploma or it's just a level two certificate or whatever, but it's definitely something that really needs to be, like, more put out there for people who just kind of want to do some, like, relaxed learning in their own time to help them eventually get to where they want to be. I just wondered if that's something that maybe you'd thought of?
0: Um, Seeing as though I did all my education at one point, and I did all of it in 21 years, it felt like, well, from you go into reception when you're three or four, and I graduated uni when I was 21, <clears throat> i was in education all that time and i came out and i was like i'm never sitting another test i'm not sitting another exam i'm not submitting any more coursework that is it that is over yeah
1: you burnt out um,
0: i am fizzled as far as it comes to education well when i first came out of uni um i've been thinking about whether i want to go back and do a master's um to just kind of up my ranks again. Um, or whether I want to go into teaching, I am very much clueless right now of where I want to be because it's good to have a, it's good to have a plan like you where you definitely where you definitely want to be, whereas there's a few things that are calling me right now, and sometimes it is far and few between what you actually have to go for because, um, part of me would love to be a lecturer in a university because there's nothing more than I love than talking about history and if I was talking to that and. I am on the level right now, it's if I wanted to teach it, I'd want to teach it at a level where kids want to learn it. Yeah. Because I don't want to teach kids. From like year seven to year nine, and want to have to drag that kid in the back of the class who doesn't want to do this and who isn't being receptive to the knowledge,
1: especially about something that you're really passionate about. Yeah, because it's
0: kind of it really puts me in dull hopes where I'm like, This is something that I invest my time in because I find it interesting. If I can't make it interesting to you, any other adult would be like, Just don't do it, but we can't do it to the kids because they have to. Um, you don't
1: want it to become a labour of love for something exactly. that you've, you know, built up your, your life to do. If you were to become a teacher,
0: if something becomes a labour of love, there's so much emotion then put into it, where you kind of like, oh, which I. Th- this is another thing about teachers, like you have to respect them at the end of the day because they've took that subject so far. Like most of the teachers that I see, most of the teachers that I've made friends with, um they teach their subject because they love it especially i've never seen an english teacher teach english because they never love it like yeah. a lot of english teachers love reading they love analyzing the words and everything like that
1: and i think that's reassuring in the sense that like you will find your thing yeah
0: you, you you if you, you like a subject right now yeah and that's what really turns you on mentally and it's what gets you going what you and if it's what gets you out of bed that day where, oh, I've got six hours of school, but I've got that one hour of history where I'm going to learn about the American West, so it'll all be fine. I just have to make it till past dinner. There's a sign there where it's... That's what I'd recommend to kids. I'd recommend, if I was to put it up in a nutshell, do what you want, because I went to uni and I did history. When I come out of uni there's not a lot of jobs screaming free. There's a lot of jobs which you will use it as a jigsaw piece to fit you in somewhere. It is actually a good degree to have. Um, however, it's not something like law where or engineering where you come out and you've definitely got a place to go. You're definitely going to a law office or you're going to, especially if you come back around here and you've got places in the nuclear industry. Um, but I can out with that. But I haven't regretted doing it because it's what I wanted to do whereas I'm seeing people who went to uni to do a course because they knew that it would lead to a good paycheck cheque they've really been on their knees through them doing the course, if not graduated it, graduated it with a bad grade or graduated it with a good grade and then going into a job that they don't want. Yeah. Like, it's not good doing something that you don't want to do.
1: And I I will always sit and say to people, like, there is a job out there for everyone. There is a job out there that you will love. You just have to find it. And it might not be related to your uni degree or it might not be something you've even thought about, but, like, always have your options open for the possibility to find a true potential like
0: if there's not the job that if there's no job around like it's it's very idealistic saying but if there's not a job around what you want make it yes because that's what i made this podcast for (laughs) that's why we've came here and being creative and done this because this is what we wanted to do and we strive to make it happen (laughs) it's um that's something that you that feeds into the going and doing something because you definitely want to do it and that's what you're like selling it's it's not it isn't an exact science but it's definitely when i think about all the examples in my head it's definitely where people have achieved more because i well i walked into my product design class and the teacher asked me oh so what's made you want to come and do product design and I told the truth, which isn't always the best thing to do, but I did. And I said, oh, it was just to fill a slot on my timetable. Now, hindsight being 2020, I understand how that would have made the teacher mad. Yeah. <laughs> because the teacher obviously likes that subject. However, it was the truth. And when you look at me, Generically, you don't think of me as a woodworker type and doing anything. But I did the course. The teacher pulled me through it, made me do the work, didn't give me the best grade. Although I made a beautiful piece of artwork, which was a zebra print sofa bath. And it was a brilliant (laughs) I've
1: heard about this and I need to see this.
0: It's a legend. I'll show you it after the podcast. And yeah, so... Actually, when the podcast gets an Instagram page, I'm going to upload a photo of the zebra (laughs) bath on the Instagram page because the people need to see it. And the teacher never gave me a good grade for and I always felt like he had a burden against me that I said this at the start and we were just clonked heads from the start and the get-go. And he just never used to give me good grades. However, this is what... You'll always thrive in something... If you're not the one to blame, because um, he gave me a poor grade in my first year for my coursework when I made a Vivian Westwood lamp, because he has to. Be- I joined three weeks late to the school year. And he told me to pick a designer on the first day. And I was like, oh, then he was like, pick a product designer because you're going to have to pick it right now and you're going to have to get to work. And I was like, well, Vivian Westwood. And he was like, right, I love great. how we both just yeah. like
1: really admire her. I just
0: did. And I was like, the only designer I know is like Vivian Westwood to the point where I can speak about her. Yeah. And so he was like, right, great. Your brief is you have to make a lamp based on the designs of like Vivian Westwood. Based on her work, you have to emulate it and make it into a lamp. I did it, tried my hardest. It wasn't the easiest thing to do because other people had picked people like Dieter Rams and James Dyson, these people who made electronics. Whereas I picked a fashion designer and making a lamp in her emulation was a hard thing to do. But he just told me to do it. And so he gave me a really poor mark. By poor, I mean it was... I'm positive it was a U he gave me for the coursework, which is a fail. Okay. Which is a 60% of a fail mark. And I was like, wow.
1: I mean, surely if you've done something that's higher than a U.
0: I would have thought so. However... I
1: thought, like, you only got a U if you just didn't do anything.
0: So did I, sis. However, apparently (laughs) I didn't. And so I'm sat here with a Vivian Westwood lamp, heartbroken, like, well, this is my sixth form over because if you fail one subject, you're out. And he um, came back at the end of it. I went and I sat the product design exam. And the day, the day of I was going to sit this exam, he told us all our coursework, is. he went, oh, yeah, well, Dean, you've got a U and such and such marks. And I think this is just a tribulation of don't pick a fashion designer for a product design course. And I was looking at him like, You never exactly told me that I wasn't allowed to. You told me to go with the designer. Yeah, so
1: you feel like he guided you down a
0: path. 100%. He sent me down the path with quicksand and I went and I drowned in it. And I'm like, I said Vivian Westwood on the first day and you said, cool, run with it. If you knew by then that I shouldn't have got any marks, you should have told me. Yeah. He just kind of laughed. And I was like, Cool. Went and sat the exam, and there was a 45-mark question of how does fashion inspire the product design oh, industry. Brilliant. And I was like, ha, ah, wrote everything down that I could have knew. I gave that marker absolutely my heart, body, and soul in that exam, and I came out of it with an A. That's amazing. And so I got that U up to an E, and I got into year 13. <laughs> and was like, it was crazy, and I was like, but yeah... Um,
1: so I think that's a positive message for people out there who feel... Yeah,
0: if you feel like you're just at the end and you feel like it's all against you, just one last push. that one last push and everything will happen for a reason. Destiny will take place and it will give you a 45-mark question on fashion rather than technology and you'll go, you'll blast it, you'll come out on blazes of fire and the next year when I sat down in his class, he went... <laughs> well done on that question. And I was like, <laughs> I was you know what so, I'm gonna say. Go on. Lower your expectations. What is it?
1: Lowering, raise
0: your
1: raise your standards. Lower your expectations. There
0: we go. That's all you have to do. That's That's the motto. We should get that tattooed. You should get one half. I'll <laughs> get the other half. And um, but yeah, especially if you take that into if you take that into school, I don't think that there's much that you could be disappointed about if you definitely if you have a high standard for yourself for coming into school which... give
1: give yourself the best opportunity to pass as well don't yeah. think that you can just like turn up to the exam and pass it if you've yeah. done no prep work which is exactly what i did <laughs> and and hence why i didn't get great grades and i'd love to say that if i went back now i'd do better but honestly my motivation wasn't there i had like i i, I wasn't interested in any of my subjects to get the grades So I did kind of poop in my own bag there. But it is what it is, and I'm hoping that, you know, whoever's listening now, if they're choosing to take a grades, put some bloody work in. Yeah. (laughs) Because it is a reflection of you, your teachers and the school. And at the end of the day... Your school isn't going to get you the job. Your grades are going to get you the job. You need to get those grades to get the job.
0: Yeah, the majority of people listen. I don't think I'll be going to like a private institution, who will definitely who whose school will get them a job. But now that we've got about five minutes left, trying to condense it down. Pick what you want to pick. You'll do well in it if your mum and that's saying that there's no future in it just be like but it's something use I- that
1: as fire to yeah. prove her wrong if you think that's the right decision to make
0: just know even though the education system's changed, it's not a's and b's anymore it's ones and twos is one's the best
1: i am not sure it's been a while since we've been at school
0: <laughs> yeah so if one is the best just know it's Better doing a subject like music and getting a one than doing a subject like French and getting a five with yeah. the same effort that you'd put in. Definitely. Because if you're naturally attuned to music or performance or art and you're going to excel in that naturally and get to the potential of one rather than going into French, with, which is a subject which is highly commended. And but only
1: if, if you get a good grade.
0: Yeah. Which is highly commended if you've got it. And it's like, oh, right. this, but It really does set you aside. However, if you've got a five in it, and if it's going to burden you and it's going to make you have sleepless nights to get a one in it and make it more unhealthy for you, there's only one answer in my opinion. And it's, unless you're going to go and be a translator for NATO, why do you have to do French? What fits your plan right now? If you want to be a teacher... What do you want to be a teacher in? Maybe pick that subject, because that's what I did. I wanted to be a history teacher, and I picked history. And you yeah, all wanted to be a teacher, but what I was going to be a teacher yeah. in was also... Even if it. you're
1: not quite sure of what you want to do, at least pick subjects that are going to help put you in, in in a position that gives you more options.
0: Yeah, and it's just think about... Also think about, like, are you going to stay in Cumbria forever? Are you going to stay in... um. Round here, where there is a good, where the nuclear industry is thriving, and if that's true, maybe pick something or learn to put more effort into something where they call for, like
1: unless you plan to move and move yeah, away. Yeah, if you plan
0: to move away, you plan to go somewhere which calls for like artists and more um artistic mediums, like bachelors of art, etc. Go down there. However, if you're thinking about staying around here and you're thinking about job prospects, it wouldn't hurt to maybe stick more into science and STEM subjects because you've also got to learn to play the game because some things aren't going to change, and I don't think Cumbria is going to be one of those places that change for artistic license as of yet. I think
1: every area in the UK has kind of its like core subject of where it excels in yeah. and where you're gonna kinda of find like the biggest hub for certain opportunities. Obviously in Cumbria is primarily nuclear, science, yeah. mathematical, that kind of thing. But I guess if maybe you went to like Liverpool it would be more like artsy, musical. So I think that's another thing. Don't let your position in where you live define or put barriers of what you want to do because if you want to do something hard enough like you really really think that that's that's where you're supposed to be you will find the place in the world where you can do it and truly that's where you'll find true happiness in doing that
0: yeah doing exactly what you want to do on your time basis where where it's accepted to be done i think we definitely hit the nail on the head on that one from what i can say although also i could be uneducated in the sector and not have anything to say about it i might have just
1: We all went to school, and so therefore (laughs) we have something. Yeah,
0: also, coming out of it right now, coming out of uni, I hit a hard time where people don't, and workplaces right now, don't strive for people who have achieved academically per se. It really does help. However, right now the job market thrives on experience. Yes. And you need to have experience in fields in order to go wide up in... So... You also have to think about that. There's so many. There's so many things to think about when you go into this. I can't help but just say,
1: just try your best. Yeah,
0: just do what you want. Try your best, and
1: there's no <laughs> rush. Don't feel like you have to keep up with everyone. It's if it happens, it happens. But obviously, put in the effort to give yourself half a fighting chance.
0: Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Because life's based on effort, and you get in what you put. You get out what you put in and that makes me sound like a father figure there but
1: i feel like we're basically just saying what all the teachers said to us at school but we did not want to hear it and now we're like oh yeah i get it now
0: (laughs) i'm mad because that's exactly what we've done for an hour (laughs) we've basically just said
1: listen to your teachers you
0: know what yeah they never (laughs) lied to me because anytime that i was through school and they were trying to give me a life lesson i was like no mine's gonna be different than these teachers who had been through university some of the teachers who had been through university and had 20 years ahead of life experience as well were like (laughs) listen (laughs) yeah and like it comes to them to be a joke if like the kids aren't listening now because like they never do but now yeah i wish i did a little bit more I'd, i'd give a dear to sit down with like five of the teachers that really like
1: made me better, and yeah.
0: like I'd be like, oh, "Tell me what's going to happen next. Just tell me." <laughs> but um, yeah. So listen to your goddamn teachers, God. Like that's the that's the main crux out of this, isn't it? Do what you want and listen to your teachers. Does that sound good? That's the tea. That's the tea. That's, that's the, the crack. crack. <laughs> <laughs> well, um. That's it for this episode of What's Crack. Um,
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Big shout-out to Soundwave for giving us the opportunity to actually record this podcast.
0: Yeah, giving us the space, the enjoyment, and the facilities of letting us record these voices. They're going to have some photos on there soon, which was also taken by um, a special someone called um, Ellen Price Photography, and they look amazing and i can't wait for you all to see them and um but i think that's it for this episode um
1: thank you for listening
0: thanks so much Goodbye. Okay. Bye.
1: <laughs> Oh